All right, Puckopolis, three, two, one. Another week of Puckopolis here as the Cyclones offseason rolls on. Pleased to be joined, as always, by Cyclones head coach Jared Scaldi. And as we do, we'll take your questions at CycloneTalkie.com. Details there, how you can ask questions to the coach for our Puckopolis segments. But, Coach, I think we'll start this week's segment with a kind of a look back at what was a tremendously exciting series for the Red Wings and the San Jose Sharks. And you look into the the way this whole series kind of shaped up, it, it went all one way to start and then all the other way to finish. And any time you have a Game 7 in hockey, it just it is almost an unbeatable thing to watch. You almost have to, to be tuned in. No, absolutely. Game 7s in the Stanley Cup playoffs are always exciting. And, and anything can happen. I mean, it was a great series. You see how um, you know San Jose got the, the 3-0 lead in the series. And, you know, you can't count out the Detroit Red Wings. With that ability, they have that talent, that battle-tested team that uh, – Guys that have won championships, uh, you know, from Zetterberg and Datsuk and, of course, Lidstrom, uh, potentially one of the best defensemen ever to play the game. So, um, you know, it, it's not surprising that uh, that it went to seven. Uh, and, again, in those situations, anything can happen. I'm happy for the San Jose Sharks, an organization that just took a huge step in, uh, in getting to the Western Conference Finals. I wrote on my blog yesterday about how I felt like San Jose had all the pressure felt upon their shoulders. You lose three straight after having the commanding lead in the series. And, and last night's game, although uh, – I know I saw bits and pieces of it for the most part. For those that watched, it it was a game that, that San Jose jumped out early uh, on, and they had a, a 2 nothing lead at one point. So you, you take a look at that. kind of goes contrary to what you would expect, and I think that, that speaks to the veterans on that club. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's for, for guys like Patty Marlowe that's been there since the start of his career and, uh, you know, Danny Heatley that's had uh, tremendous success at the National Hockey League level and, uh, and Joe Thornton, another guy that, along with the organization, that needed to have a good series and move on. I think a lot of criticism of uh, Joe Thornton in the playoffs and, um, you know, he's been in the playoffs some, uh, many times with Boston and, and with the San Jose Sharks, but it was good to see him take that step and take that leadership role on and get the get the team to the finals. It's interesting. You, you look at the kind of the six degrees of separation that that have connections on all the teams. You have the Red Wings, who just lost in seven games. They have a connection with Tampa Bay, a team that has advanced in Steve Eiserman, Joe Thornton, a former Boston Bruin, the other team going to be facing Tampa Bay. Let's shift over to the East, and and this has become kind of a similar situation for both of those clubs, most specifically Boston, having really had trouble getting this deep in the playoffs for uh, the better part of a decade or longer. Uh, it's a good step for them, and in a big city like that, they have some talent that I think maybe at the beginning of the season you were uh, and not just you, but I think everybody kind of surprised at how well they've done. Yeah, I mean, I think you're they're a team that you're waiting uh, for big things to happen. Getting uh, you know Zdeno Chara a few years ago through free agency was a huge step for the organization. They're a big physical team with Lucic and and some guys they've got over there. So um, you know, it, it's great to see an original six team like the Boston Bruins uh, having success deep in the playoffs. And um, you know, that's going to be a, that's going to be a great matchup. I mean, uh, Tampa Bay's got some uh, some veteran guys that have, have, have won a cup in, in St. Louis and, and uh, Le Cavalier, and so they're they're that's that series really matches up uh, very. I think it's interesting too, being a, a Red Wing fan uh, growing up. Uh, it, it's really interesting to watch the the dynamic of Steve Eiserman and the effect he has had in his first season on that franchise. I know we spoke off the air uh, before we started this segment about just the the excitement level that that he brings, and and, and there is always a, a semblance of unknown when you bring a new guy in uh, to, to kind of take over the whole thing, as a GM does oftentimes, and, and whether or not he's going to have instant success, and whether that's even an expectation. I guess that 
that's up for debate. But, but man, Steve Eiserman comes in. You know he's a winner. You know his track record in Detroit. Uh, he kind of breaks ties with his former club for the first time and instantly has a rub-off effect. Yeah, I mean, you knew uh, you knew Steve Eiserman was going to make a great GM, uh, you know, being trained under Kenny Holland in, um, in Detroit for a few years after retiring and, 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 and learning from him. And, um, you know, so you, you knew there was going to be some level of success, but uh, for what they did this year was just tremendous. Uh, you know, I think the, the first thing is going out and getting Julian Breezeball, one of the younger, younger bright minds in the in the management side of the game uh, from the Montreal Canadiens, and then uh, hiring Guy Boucher, who had uh, who's had a lot of success also. So, uh, you know, Steve Eisman does things uh, the right way, and um, you know, it, it, it's great uh, great to see him have the success and, and and continue on here in the playoffs. This is Puckopolis on CyclonesHockey.com, a weekly or sometimes biweekly segment that we have with the coach and myself. We'll talk hockey throughout the offseason with you as well and take your questions. You can submit them on Facebook and on Twitter and on our website at CyclonesHockey.com. We'll get to some of those questions in just a few minutes. Let's cycle back to the ECHL playoffs now and as they uh, tend to the ECHL a shorter season and obviously what that means is a a sooner finals series and that's what we have had. The Kelly Cup finals about to get underway this weekend in Alaska pitting the Brabham Cup champions against a team that you and I have both, amongst all the Cyclones fans as well, become very familiar with, and the Kalamazoo Wings. And I think that you go into the playoffs, and it's hard to really, you know, toot my own horn, so to speak, but I think coming in, that was my expectation. Once the Cyclones season ended, uh, you looked at all the teams that remained out of the Eastern Conference. My expectations were Kazu was the team to beat, and lo and behold, that's what's exactly happened. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we obviously don't see Alaska at all throughout the year, and you know they've got a talented group. They have a veteran group uh, over there, but uh, you know Kalamazoo uh, about halfway through the year there, they really uh, found their stride and went on that, that tremendous run they had to to get first place in the division and, and climb up the standings. But um, you know they're again they're a veteran team with Corey Carlander and Sam Fatorik and you know Ryan Nye and Nett. So they 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 um, you know they've had a good run here. I I believe that Kalamazoo's uh, more ready for this series with the fact that you know Alaska's only played eight games. They've, they've, they went 4-0 and in both their first uh, series. They've had about a week and a half off, and I know that, you know, playoff time, it's tough. I mean, uh, they're well-rested, but uh, uh, I think you want to keep that momentum going, and I think uh, that that's what Kalamazoo's got on their side is the fact that they've got that veteran leadership and they're battle-tested and they're ready to, to get into this final series. My prediction is Kalamazoo in six. If you're going to put a prediction on it, what would you say? I, I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give uh, Kalamazoo the first game. I think they're gonna come in uh, ready to go. I think Alaska will be a good test for them. I think they'll win game two, and then I think once they get back to Kalamazoo, I'm gonna go uh, Kalamazoo in five. Okay. One other thing about the ECHL, and now that as we move through this this final series, uh, you talk about uh, the intensity uh, of any playoff series, but especially the finals. Having not seen uh, teams from the Western Conference, kind of different than what you see in the NHL and AHL with with travel being a little bit more loose and available. Is it hard being a coach that, that doesn't see a team very often to kind of scout at this point in the year because of, of really how you can only really go off a of video because there are no teams in the East, in my opinion, that play the same way as many teams out in the West. There are two distinct types of hockey. Does that make it tough? Uh, yes and no. I think from a scouting standpoint, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure Nick Bootlin has uh, called as many coaches as he can out west to get some sort of uh, 
familiarity with the Alaska Aces. And, uh, of course, I, I know he'd be uh, watching a lot of their uh, playoff series and some games late in the season on, on different things. So, you know, they're going to be prepared. Uh, Nick and I talked a lot after our Reading series uh, with them facing them and kind of some tendencies that their team does. So, you know, Nick's going to have that team uh, ready, well-prepared, well uh, well informed with the Alaska Aces. We have questions from fans that uh, they have submitted on CyclonesHockey.com, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, among them is based on uh, questions about your off-season rituals and your off-season duties. Uh, for those that may not know, this question comes from Jeff, and he basically asked uh, through Twitter that what kind of things do you do in the off-season now that it is officially underway and, and you're now into the middle of May now, what kind of things do you do? Well, the, the biggest thing is making contact with agents and players and, and, and figuring out some guys' availability and, and def, you know, zeroing in on some guys and some needs that we have. And uh, um, that's the most important thing. I, you got to get to the guys early. You got to make that contact. A lot of guys aren't ready to commit to uh, what they want to do for the next season. There's still a lot of the summer left. So, um, but, you know, it's just important to be talking to agents and, and the players. Uh, we've got some commitments from some guys uh, that they want to be part of the Cincinnati Cyclones and, and, and zeroing in on some other ones, you know, talking to our affiliate, affiliates about potential players that we may see. Um, so a lot of that stuff goes on right now. As the summer goes along, there'll be some immigration to do and, and, and filling in some more uh, from some more holes as we go along. The NHL draft is coming up in June. That's something that I'll be taking part of. Uh, there'll be some uh, some prospect camps that I'll be attending and then, um, you know, have an own free agent camp myself sometime in September and get ready for our training camp uh, first week of October. Tony writes in and he asks about your summer camp. He had read that you're going to be doing something soon uh, at Northlands about uh, kind of teaching some of the young hockey players in this market to maybe get a little bit better and be begin their pro careers or their strides towards a pro career. And he asks about that. Give us some details. Well, the, we're going to have a youth camp on June 13th at Northlands Arena, and it's I think it's great for for our organization and myself to uh, you know get the get the kids on the ice and and, and you know uh, help out as much as we can. They're going to have all different age groups come out and uh, all different skill levels, and it's it's always great to see kids. And it's amazing how throughout a week of camp you can see kids get better and uh, and enjoy themselves. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, it's great to get back on the ice, especially with the little guys. A follow-up question to the the first one that we asked you, and that's regards to free agents and things in the ECHL. I would imagine it is kind of tough at times, especially this time of year, to to not only get commitments but really gauge the interest of certain players because I think it, it's no surprise that everybody uh, from the junior level, from the college level, those that are right there uh, making that, that move to the pro ranks, they're kind of looking to get to the American League level or above. Knowing that, that this is an ECHL team, is it hard to get firm commitments from guys at this point? Yeah, you'll find come August and September you'll get more of a more guys committing. It's just uh, everybody's got the dream of playing in the National Hockey League or at least starting in the American Hockey League. So a lot of a lot of guys, especially coming on to colleges and stuff, are you know they're they're waiting for that American League offer. And um, you know as the summer goes along, some guys will get that opportunity and many guys won't. And that's when the, they start realizing that they're going to have to start the ECHL level. And it's a difficult situation. You know you know there's kids out there that 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 want to get the American Hockey League, but you just know they're not going to get that that opportunity this summer that they're going to have to start in the coast but you give them that opportunity to to research it and and and, and hope they get it and you, you keep in tabs on them with either directly with them or with their agents and uh you know usually by uh mid-august they they'll realize that 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 ahl contract's not coming through and that they're gonna have to uh, start their start their careers in the echl i appreciate the time as always again if you want to ask questions to the coach or to myself throughout the off season, you can do so follow us on twitter twitter.com slash cyclones or you can go to facebook and our website, of course, is CyclonesHockey.com. This is Puckopolis.